Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships, so we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that He gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. We've been talking about what makes a church great. Uh, The first week, we talked about a church that rocks. And it was a play on words because what we were talking about is the foundation of the church has to be on the rock. It's got to be on Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And that is, is a church that you'll love. And so we, we challenged you with that and, and obviously shared kind of the vision of Mountain View Fellowship, what we're trying to accomplish here by staying focused on what God wants from us, uh, not trying to please the crowds or anything, but just staying founded on Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ. And so uh, the second week, last week, we talked about a church that prays. And uh, if you were here, you know we talked about there's two different areas that you need to be locked in prayer, which is personal prayer and corporate prayer. And we said that when we launched 14 years ago, we were all about prayer, and we felt like we had drifted away from that. We need to get back to that. We want to be a church on our knees before God. And so we challenged you last week with a couple of things. And the first one happened last Thursday night. It was our prayer night. And I want to thank all of you that came out and took part in that. It was amazing. I'll just tell you, as a pastor, it was so amazing to walk up and down the halls and see people at all these different prayer stations just praying for different aspects of the church, of what God is doing, of, of our community, of our, our nation. And so it was just awesome to have all of you take part in that. So thank you for, for just playing a role in that and just know that there's many more of those coming. So make sure that you're jumping in and when we have those prayer nights, come out and uh, join us as we pray corporately. The other challenge that we gave you last week, though, was our one habit. If you weren't here last week, you missed this, and so I want you to do this right now. Just pull your phone out, and uh, we're challenging everybody at Mountain View to adopt this one habit. And uh, we said from now until December 23rd, we wanted you to set an alarm in your clock on your phone so it goes off every day. So one habit works like this. You're going to pray for your out, rela- I'm sorry, your out relationship once a day for one minute at 1 o'clock every day between now and December 23rd. And it was 70-some days, 73 days or whatever. And we wanted you to do that because obviously it's breaking our heart for whoever it is that we're called to reach. But also, if you didn't have an out relationship, if, if you don't know who God has called you to start reaching out to and fostering a relationship with so that they might come to know who he is, then that's what you needed to be praying about. That, that God would lay that person on your heart, that he would open, open doors for you to know who it is that you're supposed to be reaching with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so every day for one minute, one o'clock, this is the alarm that we're setting, and we stop and we pray for one minute for that person that we're called to reach, knowing that God is working in us as well, breaking our heart for the people around us. And so I hope that you'll choose to partner with us in that. Uh, Again, did I give you enough time to get that in your phone? Uh, One minute every day at one o'clock, pray for that out relationship. So uh, I got some cool feedback last week on that too, because somebody came up and told me, uh, we were talking about this one habit and she said this, she goes, it was amazing to me because it struck me this week when, when my alarm went off and I went to pray, I went, there's a lot of other people praying right now at the same time as I'm praying. 
And I thought, yeah, this is cool. We're, we're getting it. You know, this is awesome. Uh, praying church together. And so this is what we want to be. So today, uh, I have the uh, great opportunity to be able to uh, share with you. Uh, we talked about a church that rocks, a church that prays. I want to talk to you today about a church that gives, a church that gives. Now, so often when I say that, our mind automatically goes to money, it goes to finances. And today, I, I want to say, yes, it, it does have something to do with treasure, okay? Uh, I'm going to teach you the three T's, all right? Our time, talents, and treasures. Time, talents, and treasures. And today, we, we talk about treasures, but I, today I want to focus on time and talents. Uh, because I think today I want to talk to you about giving of your time and giving of your talents. Because this is what makes a church healthy. It's what grows a church. And, and that type of church, I, I love. I love. I want to see a church that gives. I want to be a part of a church that gives. And so if you brought your Bibles with you this morning, would you head over to 1 Peter chapter 4. Go to 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Those guys coming up and down the aisle will hand you one. It is our gift to you. Uh, just flip, you know, put your name in it. It's yours. And then head over to 1 Peter chapter 4 with us this morning. Now, for most of you, hopefully you've already downloaded the MVF Colorado app. If you have, uh, open up that app. Hit the uh, second button at the bottom, which is Engage. That will take you to the Bible. It will take you to uh, message notes. There's all kinds of ways that you can engage with us this morning. Uh, the Bible in there already has this passage in there for you, so you're ready to go. And then, of course, the message notes are going to be pretty short today. You'll notice that. And here's why. Because today, uh, I'm going to talk to you. It's, it's a very, very short message today. No applause, no nothing, huh? I thought for sure you guys would erupt in applause. Anyway, no, no, it's too late. It's too late. Uh, so we're going to do a short message today, and I want to explain to you what we're going to do and why we're doing it, because we're going to talk about the four stages of spiritual maturity. We, we liken them to hikers here. I want, to, I want to recap that real quick, because what we're going to do later will have something to do with that, and if you've never heard it, you need to know it. And then we're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to share a verse with you, talking about our spiritual gifts, the fact that God has gifted us a certain way. And then here's what we're going to do, something completely different, is we're going to take an online survey. And the survey will change according to how you answer it. And at the end of that survey, it'll give you a result. And then we'll give you more information after that. Is that a deal? So, so let's jump into this real quick. If you weren't here uh, over the last several months when we've, talk, we've been talking about spiritual maturity and we likened it to a hiker, what we did is we, we took all four stages of spiritual maturity that we see in Scripture and we compared it to a hiker. And the first hiker that we see is a day hiker. And uh, the day hiker is somebody who just has a little fanny pack or a little bee backpack. They're just going out, maybe in flip-flops, it doesn't matter. They're just going out for a quick excursion. Now, when it comes to spiritual maturity, we liken that to somebody who's just seeking truth. Uh, somebody who's searching right now. They, they don't know God. They haven't given their life to Christ yet. They're just kind of checking into things like, for whatever reason, hey, I, I just feel like I need something in my life. I'm looking for truth. I want to know, is there really a God? Is, is God, you know, is it the God of the Jewish faith? Is it the God, you know, and they're searching. They're, they're doing that. They're just out for a little hike, if you will. Uh, the second stage of spiritual maturity, we liken to a backpacker. And this is the believer. Uh, this is somebody who's got a larger backpack. Maybe they got, you know, boots on or something. They can take a longer excursion. They can go for a little while. But uh, they're not really prepared for the storms. Like if something were to happen, they'd have to get back to the house quickly or back to the car because they're not really prepared to stay out. And uh, it's somebody who's just received Christ. They're, they're just getting into the Bible. They're just getting uh, their, their feet on firm ground. They're just trying to figure out the faith, learn what the scriptures say, learn how to live their life. And so this is the backpacker. 
uh, the third stage of spiritual maturity is what we refer to as a guide. Uh, the guide has um, a lot more gear. They're a lot more experienced. They've been up and down the trail a few times. They know the terrain, the territory. They're prepared for storms. And not only can they take care of themselves, but they actually have some stuff in their backpack. They could actually probably provide for a couple of other people as well and help them get to where they need to go. And so this is a guide uh, that we refer to. Now, the fourth stage of spiritual maturity, this picture might crack you up a little bit, but we refer to it as a Sherpa. A uh, Sherpa if you've never uh, heard about Sherpas, never heard that term before, if you go mountain climbing, you're going to see on the mountain these, uh, these people who are carrying just enormous loads. They carry all the camp gear, they carry all the food, they, they carry the tents, the oxygen bottles, and they're the ones that pack everything up and down the mountain. And anybody that has ever summited will tell you that there's no way they could have done it without the Sherpas. The Sherpas know the territory like the back of their hand. They're the ones that are making sure everyone else can make it up the hill. And uh, all the stuff that they do is not for themselves. You'll never see the Sherpas in the pictures. But the Sherpas, if they weren't there, they would have never had the pictures at the summit. And so uh, these are people, when it comes to spiritual maturity, who understand that their life is not about them. Uh, they've dedicated their whole life to Christ, and, and they're the ones giving uh, selflessly of themselves. I mean, just everything, and, and everything that they do is a sacrifice to Jesus Christ. And, and they just offer it up. And uh, it, it's an amazing stage in spiritual maturity when you see these people. If you get to rub shoulders and elbows with these types of people, it'll change your faith forever because their faith is so deep and their foundation is so strong, it can't be shaken. So this is what we would refer to as a disciple maker. It's somebody who is helping other people climb the mountain and summit and, and teaching them and instructing them and showing them how to live the life. And this is a Sherpa. And, and so when we take a look at these four stages of spiritual maturity, one of the glaring differences, one of the most obvious differences that we see between all the hikers is giving. This, this area of giving of their lives. And, and again, don't just think finances, think time and treasure. When you go, uh, you know, you start talking about serving and just giving of your time, um, giving of your talents. When it comes to these four hikers, there's a big difference because a day hiker will look at serving and, and they'll, they'll think of it as, hey, I, I'm going to serve so that people might think better of me. I'm going to serve. I want people to notice what I'm doing. I want to make sure everyone knows that I'm serving when I do it. When you get to a backpacker, the backpacker actually is doing it because they start to understand, hey, this feels good. Like I know instinctively, like this is right. I should be doing this. But many times, uh, you know, they're, they're doing it for themselves. It, it still has this me focus to it. When you get to the guide, the guide is doing it because they're doing it out of duty. Like I understand, I've read the scriptures, I know that I'm supposed to do this as a disciple, and so I'm serving. But many times they can do it out of the wrong motive if they're not careful as well. Now when you get to the Sherpa, the Sherpa, as I said before, just it's serving as an offering to God. Like they don't care, it's, it's just God's anyway, I'm going to give it back to him and and whatever happens, happens. It's in his hands. and There's no expectation of return, but there's an anticipation of what God is going to do in and through them when they serve. Uh, it has this, this feel of, of Paul, you know, when he's writing in the New Testament. And he says, if my life is nothing more than a drink offering, meaning if, if there was an offering, there's a sacrifice, and if my life is nothing but a cup of water or wine pulled, poured over the top of it and it just turns to steam, if that's all my life is, I'm okay with that. Because it was offered to God. That's, that's that Sherpa approach to serving. There's big differences between these stages when it comes to giving. Uh, another glaring one, obviously, is when we do give financially. 
you know, day hikers, if they come into a church, many times it's just whatever they have in their pocket, right? I wasn't planning on giving, I really don't want to, but I, I got this and I almost felt like I have to. Uh, if it's a backpacker, many times, you know, they're, they're reluctant in giving. Like they've heard it, but they're not really there yet. I'm not really giving. You get to the guide, the guide reads it in scripture. Okay, I should be tithing. And so they're tithing. Um, but when you get to the Sherpa stage, it's these generous givers. Like they give, they just give of their time and talent and treasure. They're just giving to people. They're so generous. You won't meet a more generous person than if you encounter a Sherpa in the spiritual stage. Now, I want you to know the reason I share all this with you is because I believe that every one of us are called to spiritual maturity. We're not called to be stuck at the backpacker stage. We should be growing. Our life with Christ is linear, and if you're not growing, then what in the world are we doing, right? We need to be growing, and so we need to take these steps in spiritual growth. We're called to, to mature spiritually as well as to give of our time, talents, and treasures. We want to be a church that gives. We want to be a church that's very good at giving, that lives this out, that it comes natural to, that we just give of ourselves, not only to the people within the church, but to the world around us as well. We want to give of our time and our talents and treasures. Now here at Mountain View Fellowship, the way that we put this is uh, we say it this way, you over me. It's become our motive here at Mountain View Fellowship. It drives everything that we do. So we say you over me. Why? Because we look at the life of Christ and it's the way he lived his life. He put others first. He put others, uh, you know, he'd go out of his way to meet a woman at the well. He would get on his hands and knees to wash the feet of the disciples. And then even at the end of his life, even though he prayed, if there's any other way, let it happen a different way, but not my will, but yours be done. He even went to the cross and gave himself even before we ever received him, even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it's that you over me heart mentality that we want here in the church. Why? Because we're the body of Christ. We should resemble Christ in everything that we do and say. And it comes by us practicing you over me. Now, tangibly, what does that look like? Well, we have several things that we do here that, play, that allows us to play on this idea of you over me, to practice it, if you will. And one of them is, is what we call park out, sit in. If you've never heard of this, uh, this is something that we really push, especially during the Easter and Christmas seasons, because we know that we're going to be pretty full. And so we, we challenge you to park out and sit in. Now, if you are an MVF person, this is your family. I want you to pray about this and maybe start practicing this next week. Just start doing it. It's where we decide that when we pull in here that we're going to park out. We park out on the furthest edges of the parking lot. Um, and the reason we do that is because we want guests to have the front parking space. We want those who don't know Christ to, to not have to search for a parking space. We want single moms that have, you know, kids that they have to haul in with them. Give them the parking spaces. Give those with, with you know, some type of, of physical impairment. Give them the front parking spaces. And we'll park out. Because God's blessed us with good health, and we're going to do it. And then we're going to turn this into a spiritual exercise. So when we get out of the car and we begin to walk and we walk across those parking spaces, we're going to pray that God fills those parking spaces with people who don't know him. We're going to pray for the people that will park there. And in that, maybe God will, we talked about this last week, maybe break our heart for what breaks his. And it changes our approach to church. And then when we come in here on a Sunday morning, now I don't want you looking around, okay, and go, okay, well, who violated this? Don't do that, all right? But we're going to sit in. 
And the idea is, don't move, okay? We're going to sit in. And the idea is, when you come in, you got this row. We're just going to move to the center, and we're going to sit there. Why? Because anybody coming in later, we just give them the outside seats. Because when you come into a church, and you don't know Christ, and this is all new to you, and there's everybody sitting on the aisles, it's hard for you to go, hey, would you excuse me, and then try to move to the center. We're going we're gonna to pass those seats and pray that God fills those seats. That's what we're going to do. I pray that, that this park out, sit in, as, as goofy as that sounds, it becomes the spiritual exercise of you over me. Now, another one that we practice, and this is, uh, this is so critical to who we are as Mountain View Fellowship, is what we call worship in one and serve in the other. Worship in one and serve in the other. When we launched this church 14 years ago, we didn't know if a single person was going to show up to the first service. You heard me talk about this a couple of weeks ago. We didn't know if anyone would even show up. But you know what we did? We launched with two services from day one. Do you know why? Because of worship in one, serving the other. We have a, a philosophy here that when we come to Christ and we become part of this family, that when we come on a Sunday, we're going to worship in one service and we're going we're to serve in the other or vice versa. We're going to serve in the first one. We're going to worship in the second one, whatever that is for you. And, and in this way, we meet each other's needs. We fill the positions that need to be filled so that this church might be healthy and continue to grow and multiply. But we worship in one and serve in the other. And I get this question all the time. You mean um, you want me to come and be here for both services? I'm like, I am. You're not going to get any sympathy from me, okay? I'm just letting you know in advance. Uh, yes, we want you to be here for both services. In, the, in you know, the Jewish culture that we read about in Scripture, we just talked about the Ten Commandments in one of the series, and we said there's a commandment that says, you know, keep the Sabbath and keep it holy, right? You observe it. Keep it holy. Don't, don't violate that. It's 24 hours dedicated to God. They wouldn't even pick something up because they were worried that they would take the focus off of God, and yet we come in and we're like, mm, you got an hour and five minutes, Pastor. You better get on it, Right? My question is this, is it too much to ask of God's people to say, you know, give him a couple of hours because it's, we can have a bigger impact together than we could alone. And when we come together like this, we have a golden opportunity to reach more and more people for Christ, to grow his kingdom. If you're not worshiping in one and serving the other, I would challenge you today, please pray about that. I want you engaged and I want you to be a part of what God is doing here and what he's about to do because I think it's incredible. But the way that we do that and the way that this church becomes healthy is we start to give of our time and talents and treasures. Now, on the time and talents, let me just tell you, it's so critical because so often we think sometimes when we just give of our finances, we don't have to give of our time and talents. And I would say just the opposite. We need your time and talents. We want you giving. A church that doesn't serve, listen to me, declines and dies. And you might be going, well, Pastor, that's a little overdramatic. No, it's not. Because I can share with you example after example of churches that didn't serve and have declined and died. There's too many examples. We don't want to be one of those. A church that doesn't serve will decline and die. Now let me get a little bit more dramatic for you. Ready for this? We've got these colorful you know, tables set up and balloons and all this other stuff. And we're having some fun this morning. But can I just be honest with you? I believe that today will dictate where we're at a year from now. And five years from now. And ten years from now. Because as a, as a church, we're making a decision. Are we going to are we going to serve? Are we going to get involved? Are we going to have an impact, an eternal impact in our communities and families, or are we going to decline and die? Now, I don't like I said. I don't mean to be overdramatic about that. I'm just trying to tell you how it is. This is how important this is, and we see it all through Scripture. 
God calls his people to spiritually mature. And in that is part of, part of that is just giving of their times, talents, and treasures. And you know what's interesting about that? God has already gifted you. He's already equipped you to do that. Take a look at 1 Peter chapter 4. Starting in verse 10, it says, God has given each of you, that's every one of us, God has already given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to what? To serve one another. Do you realize the gifts were not given just so that you could hoard them? You weren't given gifts just so you could go, hey, look how great I am. You were given gifts to serve one another. And then he gives us a couple of examples. He says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do, this is the key, will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen, yes. When we serve together, amazing things happen. There is glory brought to the name of God through Jesus Christ when we serve. When we serve. And so many people, I think, stand on the outside looking at churches, compare us to an NFL football game. You know, they go, there's 22 people in there that are in desperate need of some rest, and there's 90,000 in desperate need of some exercise. We don't want to be that. We want to be a church that's giving of its time, talents, and treasures. God has already gifted you. He's already given you and me gifts to be used to serve one another. And there's a whole list of them. There's all kinds of them. They're, they're found in Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, there's some in Ephesians 4. I mean, all kinds of gifts. You've been gifted by God to serve other people, the people around you. And it's not about who has the best gift either. Uh, I was playing sports growing up, and one of the things I learned in sports is talent is important, but it's not the most important. I didn't have a lot of talent, but I worked my tail off. I practiced hard, and I learned the, the techniques and the mechanics and the skills. And you know what? Many times I could outdo somebody that had talent if they were lazy. And so it's not about the gift itself. It's about whether you're exercising uh, the gift or not. Henry Van Dyke said this. He said, use, your, I'm sorry, use what talents you possess. The woods would be very silent if no birds sang there except those that sang best. Many times when it comes to serving, especially within the body of Christ, we're like, well, I'm not really that good. At th I don't feel like I'm really gifted. I don't, you know, that's somebody else. Somebody else is better at that. And, and we use that as an excuse not to engage. And I want to challenge you today and say, no, we want everyone engaged because here's what happens. Even if you don't think you're that good at it, once you engage and you start exercising it, God will bless it. This is how he works. It's not about who has the best gift, but about who's using them. We are going to be a church that's giving. We're going to be a church that gives of our time and our talents and our treasures. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to start off today by doing an online survey. You ready for this? This is something completely different, something new for us. And here's what I want you to do. Go ahead and open up the app. If you don't have the app, go ahead and download it. If you, if you don't know how to do it, just ask somebody around you. They'll help you, okay? Or if you don't want to download the app, you can see me afterwards or go out to the information booth. We have iPads out there. You can take the quiz on those iPads. But here's how it's going to work. You're going to take a quiz. That the, when you open up the app on the front page, the first module that you come to will actually say, find your fit. That's your online survey. It looks something like this. So when you click on that, it'll take you to a survey. You click on it. It will start with what kind of hiker you are. And then from there, how you answer it, it will change the questions. 
So everybody will have a, a pretty unique route. Now, I just want you to be honest and answer it. Not who you want to be, but who you are. And it'll help you to find your fit. Now, what's going to happen is after you get through this quiz, it will give you a color. And there's 10 different colors. And e each of these colors are a type of service opportunity that would be a, a best fit for you based upon your answers. And when you get that color, there's a corresponding table out in the lobby. And on that table, you're going to find a ton of opportunities that fit whoever you are, your personality type, your giftedness, and you'll be able to take a look at those to find out where you feel like you could best fit and have an impact here at Mountain View Fellowship. Now, these 10 color codes, um, when you go out and you look at these tables, you're going to find a staff member at each table. They're not there uh, at that table because that's their color, okay? They're just going to be there to answer questions for you, so you don't have to feel threatened or any. They're not going to grill you with questions. They're just going to stand there, and if you have questions, you can ask them, and they can answer the questions regarding the, the opportunities on those tables. Uh, the other thing, we would like for all of you to sign up for at least two of them. Uh, I would like 10, but they told me I couldn't ask for that, okay? So I'm just asking for two. If you can find two areas that you think would be a good fit and you put your name on it, here's what's going to happen. You are not signing up for it today. You're not signing your life away. Um, what you're doing by putting your name and number on there is you're saying, I just want more information about this position. And somebody's going to get back with you and, and give you some information regarding that position. And then you can make some dec uh, decisions at that point. So we're not asking you to decide to sign your life away today. That's not what we're doing. We're just trying to find a good fit where you can get plugged in and use the gifts that God has given you so that you might have an eternal impact in the kingdom. Now, um, as you do this, uh, how many of you, has anyone finished the survey already? Raise your hand. Okay, yeah. So we got quite a few already. See, it doesn't take very long to take the test, and you got your color, and now you know what table to go visit. So here's the deal. Um, we're going to release you. You can go visit the tables, go check out all the opportunities, sign up for 10 or 2. Uh, and then when you sign up, uh, you're good at that point. Now, here's what I will tell you. If you are a parent and you drop your kids off in the children's department, um, we're asking that you not go pick up your kids early, okay? They're in the middle of a program, and if you pick them up early, you're going to disrupt the class, but you're also going to upset your kid because they're doing some fun stuff today. You don't want to pull them out of there. So don't pick your kids up until noon, okay? So with that being said, take the test. And then uh, as you want, you can take off, go visit the tables, check them all out, have some more coffee and donuts, fellowship, and then at noon, pick your kids up. And uh, guys, th this is the first step in just giving of our time and talent. And so I hope that you'll ch take this seriously and you'll get plugged in here today. So let me say a word of prayer for us. You guys can finish the, uh, the surveys and then you can head out. Is that a deal? Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for each person here. I ask that uh, you would just bless them tremendously. God, would you... Uh, just point us in the right direction. Help us to find our fit. And God, I, um, I ask that this changes this church, that, that it creates within it uh, a healthy body of people using the gifts that you've given us to, to serve one another, to serve those outside of these walls so that they might come to know you. God, I pray that the, the actions taken today, the decisions that are made, are decisions that will change eternity for many people that it will be something that you'll use to make this church look more like you, to make each of us look more like you, so that we might be a bright light in this dark area for your name's sake. Lord, we just pray all this brings glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ, and that's the name we pray this in, and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining us here at Mountain View Fellowship. 
we'd love the chance to meet you in person. We gather each Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at 1955 Headlight Road in Strasburg, Colorado. If you aren't able to join us in person, we'll meet you right back here next week. God bless. Thank you.